reaching Israel and the world. Shalom uvracha, beloved ones. Peace and blessings to you. Baruch Hashem, bless the name of the Lord. Today we're continuing, honey, our study in the book of Romans. And I'm going to be hitting on a topic today that has become so controversial in our society. And it has to do with God's order of creation and his divine blueprint, which he built into creation between men and women. And the Word of God defines what's God's natural order of creation. But today, the society is no longer defining natural as to what God defines as natural, but they've reinterpreted the concept to say that what is natural is defined by the individual. And it's really important to get clear in our thinking about this, that when God speaks about a natural order of creation, He's the one that has established what is natural. It's not each individual that defines what's natural. It's the creator that built it into his creation. Right, right. It, we just get so lost when we look at each other and we try to you know, figure it out with our rationality. And there's only one creator. And if we really want to understand and flow in life and life more abundant, we've got to look up to the creator for his flow of life, his flow and his order that he gives. And once we flow in that, there's so much more joy and more peace. Shalom, Yedidim. Shalom, my friends, beloved ones. Welcome today to a study through the book of Romans. This is season two in a series that I'm calling Journeying Through the Book of Romans. We're going from chapter one through the book, and it's so critical that we understand what Paul teaches here because the message that so many of us are hearing today is not the message that was originally delivered by God's apostles. I'm not gonna take the time to go back to the beginning, only to say this, that Paul began this letter, this epistle, by talking about the fact that God's wrath is upon mankind because mankind is not acknowledging that he is and they're not living under his lordship. Paul then went on to talk about the effects of this. And last week we examined that Paul said, because mankind is not submitted to his sovereignty and to his lordship, God gave them over to degrading passions. And so just for review today, I'm reading verse 26 where I was last week. For this reason, God gave them over to degrading passions. For their women exchanged the natural function for that which is unnatural. And in the same way also, the men abandoned the natural function of the woman and burned in their desire toward one another, men with men committing indecent acts. And I simply pointed out last week that what is happening today is that the church is falling away from this God-given standard of sexuality. You see, when God created mankind in his own image, the Lord said in the book of Bereshit, the book of Genesis, God created man in his own image, listen now, male and female, he created he them. And so God created male and female, and that together, joined together, they make up God's nature. Men are different than women, and women are different than men. 
And obviously, when we look at simple human anatomy, we can see that women are designed to be with men, and men are designed to be with women. This is the natural order of creation. But the gay revisionist movement in the church today, which is sweeping over the world with such strength and such speed, if you realize what would what was happening, you'd get knocked off your chair. Major denominations are, are, are splitting over this. What is happening today is there's a new theology in the church that is saying that what God meant here in the book of Romans, in the passage of scripture that I just read, is not that it's unnatural for a man to be with the man or a woman to be with the woman. That's not what God was condemning. What gay revisionist theology is teaching is that it's unnatural when a man or a woman is born with heterosexual feelings, but they go against their own feelings to engage in homosexual activity. And so what the new theology that's sweeping into the church is teaching is that the natural uh, divine design in creation is not determined by the creator who created it to be natural for men to be with women and women to be with men, but the new theology is teaching, no, it's not what's designed by the creator, it's what is natural to each person. So they say, for example, that if a man is born with feelings towards other men, that's what's natural to him. And since that's what's natural to him, because that's his earliest childhood memory of same-sex attraction, then there's nothing wrong with that. And they're saying the same thing about homosexuality with women, that if they're naturally drawn to other females, then that's okay because it's not unnatural. So they're defining it by the individual. But beloved, come on. Let's use our common sense here. That's not what the Word of God is teaching. What God is teaching is what He built into creation. Not how we define it, but how He defines it. What He built into creation, the natural harmony between men and women that's to exist, has been broken. And so he says once again, for this reason, in verse number 26, for this reason God gave them over, mankind, to degrading passions. And then he speaks about and identifies this degrading passion manifesting in the realm of homosexual behavior amongst both men and women. So the result then of men having fallen from God, suppressing the truth, being unwilling to submit to his lordship and acknowledge him in all his ways and obey him, the result of that, Paul is teaching, is that God gave man over to degrading passions. And again, the degrading passion that he's stipulating here is homosexual activity. Let me simply say, beloved, homosexual behavior is wrong. I totally understand that people, because of the brokenness in the world, because of sin, I totally understand that there are people in this world and their earliest memories are same-sex attraction, and that feels what is natural to them. But beloved, once again, truth is not defined by the individual. Truth is defined by the Creator. And I'm not wanting to single out homosexual behavior in the sense that I'm standing here as self-righteous. I'm just simply proclaiming the Word of God. All of us are broken in some area. And whatever area that we're broken in, God is calling us to turn from that behavior and to repent and follow Him. 
Now, I realize that for some that are in this lifestyle, they've tried to repent and just feel that it's something that can't be overcome, and it feels so basic to their nature that they identify that behavior or that tendency as who they are in their identity. But remember, beloved ones, in Christ Jesus, old things can pass away and all things can become new. You see, the Lord loves all of us, you and me, me and you. Just He loves us right where we're at, right where we're at. But he loves us too much to leave us where we're at. And the same message that's true for someone involved in homosexual activity is true for all of mankind. We must repent. The adulterer, the person that's involved in all types of sexual activity outside of marriage, must repent. The person that's married that's involved in uh, illicit sexual activity must repent. The glutton that's addicted to food must repent. The person that's lying to get along with people must repent. And I could go on and on and on. We're all guilty before God. But because sexuality and the divine union between man and woman is so central to God's design, Paul brings this to the surface to show how broken the world is because of sin. And then Paul tells us, in addition to men's passions being defiled due to the brokenness of of mankind, Paul goes on to tell us next that our minds are defiled. said that by his strife we are healed and what God told us through his word is that when Jesus hung on the cross he took our sin and our sickness into his own body that by his stripes we are healed praise God what's happening Robert this is Dennis Dennis he came here yesterday. Yes. And he had a problem. They went to, they took, took him to the hospital. They took him to the hospital. They found out that he had wounds all over from the throat up to the stomach. Wounds on the inside. And how long had you had that pain? More than 10 years. How long? More than 10 years. More than 10 years. And it was so bad that you thought you were just going to go home and die. Yesterday I came here, my papa brought me here, said, let the priest pray for me, then when I go back I die, so I may meet Jesus. He thought he would go back and die. Yes. But after yesterday, yes, when we prayed for him, yes, when the power touched him, the power of God, he went back and ate. He went back and ate. He didn't feel any pain. Even today, when he ate, the pain was not there. Wow! 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 That is awesome. As we grow closer to our Savior's return, there are still millions who have not experienced Him, from Africa to Israel and every corner of the earth. But Rabbi Schneider, through all forms of media and on-the-ground crusades, is reaching the world with inspirational teaching from a Jewish perspective, equipping the church, evangelizing the lost, and pouring into the lives of pastors and leaders around the globe. This could not happen without you, because you are an integral part in sending Him. Is God calling you to help Rabbi proclaim the gospel to the ends of the earth? Give at discoveringthejewishjesus.com or call 800-777-7835. 
And so in the same way that people's passions are defiled, as is pointed out in verse number 26, so too the result of suppressing the truth, suppressing the Holy Spirit, is that mankind's minds have become defiled. So first Paul addresses humanity's passions as having gone astray. And now he says that our minds have gone astray. And so he says here in verse number 28, and just as they did not see fit to acknowledge God any longer, God gave them over to a depraved mind. So we're looking at both passions and the mind. And now Paul goes on to speak about what he's referring to. God gave them over to a depraved mind to do those things which are not proper, being filled with all unrighteousness, wickedness, greed. I mean, all you have to do, look at commercials today. Look at the way goods, material goods are being sold at commercials. Doesn't it show mankind's mind being defiled with unrighteousness? I mean, the old bait and switch technique of salesmen, you know, they, they, they tell you that if you call them or whatever, they're going to show you this. Uh, even I, it happens even, I won't even name the specific industry, but it happens all the time. I don't want to badmouth a certain industry, but my wife and I just needed to make a purchase. There was an advertisement from a company about a particular product they were offering. And then we went to the office, the, uh, the, you know, the, uh, their storeroom where they supposedly were offering that product. They said they were all sold out. And then the salesman admitted to us that all that company's offices were sold out of that product, and it was just a bait and switch. This is what Paul is talking about, that mankind is filled with unrighteousness, wickedness, greed, evil, full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, malice, gossip, slanders, haters of God, insolent, arrogant, boastful, inventors of evil, disobedient to parents, without understanding, untrustworthy, unloving, unmerciful. I mean, gosh. I mean, I could go through each one of those things individually. We're not going to take the time on every single one, but simply to say that mankind is right in his own eyes. We justify ourselves in our own eyes by comparing ourselves to the culture. But as far as God is concerned, man is corrupt. Think about the prophet Isaiah. I mean, he was a pillar in the earth in terms of his righteousness compared to other human beings. I'm talking about the prophet Isaiah in the Old Testament. But when Isaiah saw God, when God revealed himself to Isaiah in Isaiah 6, Isaiah fell on his face and he said, Woe is me, for I am unclean and I live amongst an unclean people. He looked great when compared to the rest of humanity. But when he was compared to the purity of the Holy Spirit, and the clear Holy Spirit's power. He saw how corrupt and evil not only he was, but the entire population full of wickedness, greed, evil, full of envy, murder, strife. I mean, dissension is dissension and the strife and the, and, and the ends justify the means mentality that governs our society today. The way we malign one another, malice, the way we go on talking about people, gossips, the way we slander people. I mean, this is all, I'm just reading from the word right here. Strife, deceit, malice. I mean, all we have to do is watch television. We can't even trust the news anymore. We just get a spin on almost everything we hear. We don't even know what's truth anymore. 
just one side, maligning the other side, twisting truth, twisting the facts, twisting the information, gossiping about each other, taking a snapshot of somebody's life and creating a whole storyline about it to fulfill our own purposes. Slanders, haters of God, standing, you know, I got a text from somebody not long ago and they were talking about, you know, the importance of, you know, protecting the animals. I said, yes, praise God. And we need to protect the unborn children too. But I don't think they wanted to hear that. I mean, let's protect the animals, but you know, let, let, let's, let's give a woman the, the right to, you know, to abort the child. And I'm not trying to put any guilt on anybody here that has gone through that, but let's face it, beloved. I mean, that's not right. I mean, we don't even, that's a no-brainer, right? But that's what's going on in our society. Murderers, insolent, arrogant, boastful, inventors of evil. We've got companies being started and the whole, the whole purpose of the company is to manipulate people for money. Disobedient to parents. We have so much rebellion in society now between children and parents and it's not all the children's fault. It comes from the brokenness of mankind, the broken homes, the brokenness of humanity. Insolent, just, just, you know, just, just, just kind of smug, resistant, arrogant. Everybody today walking around, you know, trying to be somebody they're not, to show their best face. Boastful, inventors of evil. I mean, I could go on without understanding untrustworthy how trustworthy how many trustworthy people do we know how many people how many people can you really trust it's not something that is highly valued in our culture anymore it's like no the ends justify the means so tell a little white lie do what you have to do to make money say what you have to say to survive unloving unmerciful and he continues on in verse number 32 and this is just a description of humanity. Paul began, listen, beloved, Paul began his description of the gospel in chapter one by saying, for the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth. He said the gospel is the power of God into salvation to those that believe. And then he told us what we need to be saved from. We need to be saved from the wrath of God because of the unrighteousness of men. This is where the gospel starts. Do you understand what I'm saying? The gospel starts with us being delivered and cleansed and forgiven from sin and evil. But as I've been teaching, beloved, the gospel that's being taught today is not oftentimes saying very much about sin, about our souls your soul and my soul that needs to be cleansed from evil. The way we think, the way we perceive the world, the way we perceive ourselves, our selfishness, all these things. The wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all unrighteousness and ungodliness of men that are suppressing the truth. This is how the gospel begins. And Paul just got done with this long list of characteristics of evil at work within men's life. And I'm wanting to make the point that Paul said, as I've said in earlier episodes, if somebody comes to us preaching a different gospel, we should reject it. The gospel that Paul preached, beloved, is not that we're going to have our best life in this world. 
Rather, Paul said, we should be prepared to suffer in this world for the sake of godliness. Paul's desire was to know Jesus in the book of Philippians in the power of his resurrection, listen now, and the fellowship of his sufferings. I mean, think about the apostles' lives. They were all martyred. The message that they gave is that we should deny worldly lust and live righteously because Jesus is coming back for you soon and he's going to reward every man according to what he has done. So you see, beloved, Paul's gospel was a different gospel than the gospel that many of you are hearing today. And Paul told us if any man comes and preaches a different gospel other than this, let him be accursed. So take stock of your life, what you're hearing, what you're listening to, what you're, you're receiving into your soul. Study the word of God for yourself. And then Paul goes on to say that those that practice this unrighteousness that he just described are deserving of death. And not only is it shameful that people are arrogantly living these ungodly lifestyles, denying there's a God, partying, you know, as if this life is all there is. He said, what's even worse is so many of the people that live this way, godless, they approve and encourage other people to live the same way. Okay, that concludes chapter number one. I wish we could have a sit down right now and we could take some questions and dialogue a little bit and kick it all back and forth. It's a lot to take in. Well, just to take a little break from all that heavy stuff, I'm in Colorado right now and my wife Cynthia is not able to be with me this time. She's uh, taking care of uh, one of our grandchildren and we've got uh, other things happening in our family, but Cynthia sends you her love. She's working on a devotional right now. I'm really excited about it. It's called From Passover to Pentecost, where she's taking 50 days helping people to, to prepare for Shavuot or Pentecost. I'm really proud of Cynthia because this is not something that uh, is easier for, uh, easier for her to do, but I know it's going to be really re rich and really deep. And by the way, speaking of the relationship between men and women, as we were referring to earlier today in the broadcast, I just want to give honor to my beloved wife, Cynthia, because you know what? She's like half of my soul. I mean, without her, there's no way I'd be standing in the Lord where I am right now. I mean, it's just an amazing transformation that we can have in each other's lives when we impart uh, into, into, into our husband or into our wife. So I just want to say, Cynthia, we love you today. Thank you for being who you are and for the humble servant of God that you are and for the uh, beauty that you bring to the earth and, and to the church. Let me just pray for you, beloved. First of all, I want to pray for those that may be struggling with homosexuality today. I want you to know God loves you. Father, I pray for your deliverance of every soul, every dear beloved one that's reaching out to you right now that wants deliverance. Jesus, your arm is mighty to save. And you said, he that puts their hope in you will not be disappointed. Jesus, I proclaim your lordship in the church. We declare according to your word that you are able to save to the uttermost. So I pray that you'll pour forth your grace and your power and your mercy on these that are struggling today. And I pray for all of us today, Father, that we would be delivered from all sin to stand before you holy and righteous for all time in Jesus' name. 
Beloved, if you've been watching Discovering the Jewish Jesus for a while, I hope you've noticed that when it comes to raising finances for the ministry so that we can continue to proclaim God's word around the world, I really strive to not manipulate and to be clean. So the truth is today that it costs us a lot of money to be able to broadcast on television and all the other media outlets that we're releasing God's word through, as well as the traveling that we do around the world. And I can't do it, beloved ones, without your continued help and financial support. This is the way God ordained it to be. John said in one of his letters that men that are preaching the truth are worthy of the support, the financial support of the church. So I wanna thank you for sending me out. And I also wanna encourage you, beloved, to know that when you support the gospel with your finances, there is a reward that will come back to you because everything that we sow into the kingdom comes back pressed down good measure and running over into our lap. Thank you for your love and your financial support. Here's how you can donate or become a monthly partner. Send your tax-deductible gift to Discovering the Jewish Jesus, P.O. Box 777, Blissfield, Michigan, 49228. Or to give by credit card, visit discoveringthejewishjesus.com or call 1-800-777-7835 or text the keyword rabbi to 45777. To show our appreciation, we'll send you an audio CD and download of Rabbi's Message of the Month and our most recent newsletter. Your gift is bringing salvation, healing, and deliverance to Israel and the world through television, internet, and crusade outreaches. Finally, many of us have honored God with our finances while living, but have we considered how we can honor the Lord with our finances when we pass on? For more information, click Will and Estate Gifts at discoveringthejewishjesus.com. In the book of Numbers, chapter 6, the Lord gave instructions to Moses and Aaron to speak this blessing over his people. And the Lord said, when you speak these words over my people, I will place my name on them and bless them. Receive the impartation of the Lord's blessings. Yavah Yahweh Panavelecha Vihunecha Isa Yahweh Panavelecha Veasem Lecha The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift you up by his countenance and the Lord give you, beloved one, his peace. God bless you and shalom. Revelation today for a brighter tomorrow. Find Discovering the Jewish Jesus on all your favorite social media outlets and stay up to date on the content you love. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and subscribe on YouTube. Connecting with Discovering the Jewish Jesus has never been easier. Get ready for a life-changing 50-day journey. You'll experience the power and presence of the Holy Spirit in Cynthia Schneider's new book, From Passover to Pentecost. 
receives special treasures and riches from God that the Holy Spirit has downloaded into Cynthia throughout her life in this daily devotional that begins at Passover and ends at Pentecost. Old patterns of thinking and feelings will be transformed into thoughts and passions that release true hope, strength, and joy. Take the 50-day challenge from Passover to Pentecost. Order your copy. Visit DiscoveringTheJewishJesus.com or call 800-777-7835. Next time on Discovering the Jewish Jesus, Rabbi discusses how we can be aware of wickedness as we combat our human tendencies. Don't miss this exciting episode.